Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. You're invited to this table with others on the same journey to becoming a great coach with a strong foundation, no matter what type of coaching you're called to. I've lived a lot of my life full of doubt and confusion about my purpose. I didn't know if my broken and messy story could be used by God, but I did know I wanted to find a way to serve Him and others while making money. In fact, I had no idea what life coaching even was, and I just thought it sounded kind of silly. But as I pressed into what God was calling me to, He was faithful to make the path clear to me, and now I love my life as a coach. In this podcast, you'll learn more about your calling as a coach, whether you've been doing it for a bit or just starting to think about it. You'll hear experts and coaching examples and learn new strategies and tools and so much more. I'm Laura Malone, and I'm honored to guide you in your coach calling, and together, we can pursue wholeheartedness for both you and your clients with the help of Holy Spirit. So get ready to become the hero in your own story and an amazing guide to others. Well, good day and welcome to episode number two. Very excited to talk to you today about your superpower. So when you receive Jesus at that moment, you receive the Holy Spirit. He breathes on you at the moment of salvation and you receive the Holy Spirit. And that right there, my friend, is full of super power. Okay, so we're going to go into your specific giftings and your calling as a coach, what you offer, what you bring to the table, but not only the coaching aspect of it, how are you made to live this one short life? How do you reveal the character and nature of a good God to the world around you? How do you meet the one who he puts in front of you? So we're going to the word today. We're going to be deep in it. First Corinthians 12, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it's the same God who works in all of us. And a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one spirit, to one person, the spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another. To someone else, the spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. He gives somebody else the ability to discern whether a message is from the spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what's being said. It's the one and only spirit who distributes all of these gifts, and he alone decides which gift each person should have. Yes, I'm talking slowly. I want to make a point. <laughs> so all of you together are Christ's body and each of you is a part of it. And so then he goes on and he says, here are some of the parts that God has appointed for the church, apostles, prophets, teachers, those who do miracles, gift of healing, help of help others, gift of leadership, unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all do miracles and have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the interpret ability to interpret them? Well, of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. I want to stop right there and say, 
the most helpful gift you can use and earnestly desire is the one God put in you, not the one God put in me. You need to go seek out and earnestly desire what he put in you. You have to take ownership of your story. Your gift is part of your story. So you need to take ownership of this. And this is going to impact how you coach, how you show up in the world, how you parent, how you live a life in relationships, marriage, how you work, how you thrive. Like this is going to, I'm going to show you how it, it undergirds how you walk out your day and what you believe, which means that impacts what you think and what you're thinking impacts how you feel and experience the world and then what you do with it, which leads you to the results and the legacy that you get. Okay, so let's start here with what you believe about yourself and the gifting that God has given you. So go seek the most helpful gifts. You having the gift of being a race car driver who consistently wins, that is that may not be helpful in your life for the calling that God's given you. That may not help you in any way if you went and sought out having that gifting, but God doesn't plan on using it. So what are we doing? Why are we racing cars around, uh, what do you call it, Monte Carlo? Like whatever it is. What are we doing with that? Why are we searching out and seeking the ability to have a gifting and, and practicing things just to do it, just to make a name for ourselves? What are you, what are you looking for? Are you looking to be this a, a famous speaker? I mean, what if God's not going to use that in your life? Kind of wasting our time right here. But what has he put in you that he wants to use on a daily basis to to help others know him, to know that he is God and to glorify him. Like what is that that he's put in you? And it may feel simple to you. It may seem less than, but who are you to despise or to question the potter, right? So Ephesians 4 talks about um, he's given us each a special gift through the generosity and the grace of Christ. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right? So the fivefold. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's son that we'll be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. So that means not yet. Okay, you're not there. I'm not there. But it's just going to be forever till the Lord, you know, till we're with him. <laughs> That's, um, with, it will continue that the responsibility of the fivefold um, giftings are to equip the body, God's people, his church, to build up the church, the body of Christ. So those five giftings, they're given to equip God's people, and build up the church so that the body can thrive and take care of one another. Okay, so let's go to a plain example. The pilot needs to be at the, at the um, in the cockpit, needs to be at the wheel, 
so to speak. So not so to speak. I don't know why I said that, but they do. They need to be at the wheel. <laughs> they need to be looking out the windshield. They need to be listening to a voice that tells them which direction to go, what altitude to be at in order to safely get the passengers or cargo to the place they have said they would take the plane. Then there are the air traffic control people, the ones in the towers that see like most stressful job in the world. So see all of the things going on. So they see all the planes in the sky. They see all of the, the paths and the journeys and they're the engineers. Okay. They, they can help land a plane. They, they know so many things and they have this really high perspective of what's going on that the pilot can't have. The pilot does not have that perspective or gifting, and that's not their calling. The pilot has the one duty to land the one plane safely in its destination. And then you have the attendants, the flight attendants, and they're caring for everyone. They're relaying what the pilot says to the passengers, and then the passengers are there. So there's only one or two pilots. There are multiple Maybe, what do you say, depending on the flight? I don't know how many people there are in a massive flight, um, flight attendants anyway. But you have them, they're serving beverages, they're taking care, they're relaying information, they're making sure that everybody knows how to be safe. Um, they're correcting behavior, okay? So they're serving and they're guiding. But then you have all the massive amount of people are passengers. That is the, the greatest number of people. That's okay. Let's just look at it from that perspective. Most people are fitting onto the plane as a passenger, even if they're a pilot on a different plane, a flight attendant in a different plane, or they've, you know, work in the air traffic control tower. When they're on a plane as a passenger, they have the ability to take care of one another. As a mom who used to fly a lot with small children, other people would help take care of me and do things and hold that dirty diaper while I button up the new clean one. <laughs> like, God bless you. You were such a sweet woman to hold that. Um, you know, there's just, I, I do that. I help other people. My husband oftentimes helps take the luggage out for other people or put it up for them. And w the body, we're meant to be serving one another and helping each other. And that's something that we are actively doing as coaches. It's a gift and an honor to be able to help and serve where we are with the one in front of us without saying, well, I'm not going to do this until I have, I just, I'm, I should be a pilot. I should be the pilot. That's the only person who really has the authority here. The greatest gifting here is the pilot. That's what, who I'm in awe of. Uh, or, you know, the air traffic control. So the lady who's talking to the pilot, who sees all of the things, if you think that you're just not enough because you're only a passenger, because you don't see all of the things that she sees, well, what are you doing with your life, right? What What's that coming from? What, what are you believing? What kind of things are you setting your eyes and your thoughts on? Because that's not getting you anywhere. I'm not good enough until I'm that person. I'm not um, doing something important until I stand on top of the mountain, this is lies. Stop it. So if you're not, 
If you're thinking like the most important person here is the one in charge of the beverage cart, well, you can go get yourself a job. <laughs> you can be a wait. You can be a server at a restaurant. You don't have to wait. You don't have to. You don't have to knock the flight attendant over and take the cart. You can just be where you are doing what you do, and love the one that's sitting next to you. Trade him. You know, give him the aisle because you know he's six foot four, and he's in the middle seat, and didn't know how to book himself book himself a a good flight. <laughs> so. Taking care of him could look like giving him the aisle seat that you paid extra for. This is the body taking care of the body of Christ. Now, I wanted to say everybody is designed to serve and everybody has a gift to serve the world that is supernaturally theirs. When it is so natural that it's constant and it is showing up always in your life, rather than only by compulsion, sometimes we devalue our gifting. We consider it plain and ordinary. And we think that the people who have a gift that appears highly emotional, or it is compulsory, it is it appears when they're set on a stage. Sometimes when we compare what we do all day long, because it comes natural to us, We compare that to someone else's mountaintop. But remember that you're only seeing them at a mountaintop. You're not seeing them in the valley. You're not seeing them, all the work they have to do to get to that mountaintop, okay? That mountaintop, it is very deceiving and it can be a blessing and it can be an emotional experience, but you are not designed to live on the mountaintop. You're designed to come back down And bring what you heard from the Lord on the mountaintop back to the body. Okay? Regular, normal, everyday life is the place where we get to reveal God, operate in our original design, how he created us, the giftings he's given us, with everything included, the past, the brokenness, the experiences, the healing, all of it. We're designed to operate from that place needing him uh, and his strength showing up perfectly in our weaknesses. So God has given you a gift, multiple giftings that you need to take seriously on a daily basis. This serves you by way of creating contentment and satisfaction in your, your original design, how you're made. It brings you joy when you find that God designed your mind to be able to serve the world as a computer tech. It brings hope when you find that your mercy is actually a gift and you operate it in it as a nurse or a caretaker of some kind easily. It comes to you naturally. So if you despise your valleys and journeys up the mountain because you're focusing on where others are, it leads to disappointment. Your expectation of being someone else, having something else, will expectations lead to disappointments. Okay, and disappointment in your process comes when you don't value what God is doing in the right now, the right here. So you want, if you want to be further ahead and greater in stature and feeling more success and all the time, God is actually trying to get to you saying, look what's in your hand. Look what I have given you. Look who I am in you. 
This is the sign and the wonder. It's the beauty of abiding in me. So are you expecting to be, do, or have something God has not led you to? Living out of expectation will hurt you, my friends. It sets you up for disappointment. So instead, I encourage you to change your mind and shift to living out of expectancy. Whatever you've believed that you deserve or don't deserve, surrender it to the Lord. Let him lead and reveal. Let him protect and supply. And know that God is good. You have expectancy that he's always a good God and he works all things together for good for those who love him. Now, I want to walk you through how to find your superpower. Some of you will know in the next 10 minutes. Some of you will need to process longer and ask God more questions. And some of you are going to think it's one thing, this or that, only to hear the Lord say something else. So here's I, here's how I explain my superpower. I When people say, what do you do? I say I'm a Christian life coach and my superpower is helping my clients see what is possible with God and figure out how to walk in it. Another superpower of mine is wisdom, given to me with a measure of grace specifically by God for service to Him. So when I found the Lord at 22, I just prayed that I would have the wisdom of Solomon more than I wanted any kind of riches or fame. Like I, I believe it was in my heart to pray that because it was already part of my original design. And God wants me to use that wisdom, not to try to do big, grandiose things with it, but to use it to serve him on the daily, right where I'm at with those in front of me. Not like I'm not looking for a different platform. I am enjoying the platform I have of being a wife and a mom. I I have a platform to speak to very important people and they live in my house I have a platform with a nonprofit that my husband and I founded. Um, That is a platform for me. Those are the people right in front of me that God set there. I have a neighborhood and a city. That's my platform. The people across the street to share hope with. It's my clients, my platform, my pulpit is right here. It's always in front of me. So I believe that... Some of you might hear that and think, well, that's very boastful or prideful to say that she has wisdom, the gift of wisdom. No. So here's, here's what boastful and prideful sounds like. You should see me in action. Oh my gosh. God has given me so much wisdom. It's pretty amazing. I'm pretty amazing with my gifting. And honestly, you should earnestly desire to be more like me. Okay. That's just silly. Like, Most of us wouldn't even say those things. Instead, what I have learned to do is to recognize the strengths in God's given me so that I can steward them well. Because not doing that is then the the flip side of the pride coin, and it's called false humility. Rather than living from there, go seek out the gifts God's given you and then be wise with them. It's like the parable of the talents. Use what he's given you for his glory. Don't bury it because you think he's a harsh ruler or you're afraid that other people will think you're so much and you're so into yourself. Well, if you're afraid that people will think that, then maybe that's a nugget of truth that you're actually feeling conviction about and you need to see if there is a nugget or a thread of pride behind what you're doing because hiding that talent and burying it might actually be false humility, which is still pride. Okay, so I encourage you, like Romans 12, um, 
it says to not think that you're better than you really are, but to be honest in your evaluation of yourself. Measure yourself by the faith God has given us. Okay, that means that not only are you supposed to not think highly of yourself when that's not reality, don't think better than that you're better than you really are, but don't think that you're worse than you really are. Don't live in shame. Don't be the victim. Just know I'm a chosen and called child of God. So when you stop for the one that's in front of you, you're actually living a supernatural life. Okay. When you use the gift, the talent, the, um, the abundance and the things that God's put in your hand, when you use them with the one that is in front of you, whether it's a client, a child, a spouse, a neighbor, a coworker, or a stranger, that's a supernatural life because you have the spirit of God within you. So Jesus, he didn't say, oh, you're a powerful businessman and you didn't make me your CEO. He said, I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. He didn't say, I was dead and you didn't come try to raise me up. He said, I have no clothing and you didn't give me any. He is, he's not asking you to make the mountaintop things, the things you idolize and make a big deal about your normal. He's saying, when I was the one who was naked, thirsty, hungry in front of you, what did you do? How did you use what I gave you? And, you know, I do believe in his call to us in Matthew 10, 8, to heal, raise up, cure, and cast out. These signs and wonders, though, they're not meant to usurp the daily signs and wonders and supernatural gifting in your life. By supernatural, I mean that it's a gift given to you by God at the moment of receiving Jesus. Don't diminish who lives inside of you. Don't ignore that you're set apart with God. So here's what I'm getting at. You're unique. You're called and chosen and gifted. Don't despise how God made you. Don't sit in disappointment and envy because you're not somewhere else and you're not somebody else that you thought you'd be by now. The Bible says in Romans 9, but who are you to answer back to God? Will what is molded say to its molder, why did you make me like this? Has the potter no right over the clay to make out of the same lump one vessel for honorable use and another for dishonorable use? So don't shame yourself because you haven't led a perfect life. Join the club. And then let's get this club on the road because he knows better than we do and we should just get on moving. So there's a lot of teachers in this world, the Bible says, but time for us is short and we need to get out there and father and mother the ones who need us. As coaches, we have the honor of spiritually parenting the ones God gives us. Consider it a great honor and duty to God to respond to his children with love and walk with them on their path as they journey towards him. Remember to be real with yourself. Like Romans 12 says, to be honest in evaluation of yourself, measuring yourself by the faith God has given. Not that you're better than you are, not that you're worse than you are. Just accept the gifts and walk in them in confidence. He's given you this life, this past, this ex- these experiences and these gifts to worship him and reveal him to the world. So don't waste time and energy in despair. Instead, seek out how he's called you into the world and how, how, like, how are you called as a coach? How are you gifted as a coach? Let's explore that. What 
here, I'm going to give you some questions that will help you understand um, what you're passionate about and how you're called. Okay. Things that are your superpowers. So what comes effortlessly? Effort, can't say it. Try again. What comes effortlessly to you? You might need somebody who can interpret other tongues, <laughs> other languages. <laughs> so I don't, I don't do a whole lot of editing in my podcast because here I am. I'm taking imperfect action. I'm showing up. It's what I would tell you to do if you were my client or my daughter. And I would just telling you right now, just do it. Let it be done. There's time for improvement later. So I'm not going to spend all my time editing my podcasts when, because you know what? This is not, inst- it's not Instagrammable. Okay. Where I'm at, what I do it's just reality. So let's try it again. What seems to come effortlessly to you? Is it mercy, listening, um, strategy, building, teaching, technical things, mechanical things, um, musical things? Whatever you can do effortlessly is meaningful and it's meant to be a blessing in your life. So what is it you're doing that that you can just get in the flow state doing and lose all track of time. You know, just time in the world melts away. Have you ever experienced that? Tap into that moment and see like what is it that was coming effortlessly to you? Question number two, what have others told you consistently that you're good at? Where do they say you were effective and savvy and knowledgeable? Question number three, what kinds of things would you make sacrifices for? If acts of kindness is a gifting for you, then you'll likely sacrifice your day off to do yard work for the widow across the street. If you're gifted in mechanical work, then maybe you would do it for free or for cheap for a stranger just because it comes so easily and you enjoy doing it. You can often find your area of gifting in this space of sacrifice. Number four, what makes you want to learn more about it and do better than you already do? So what kind of books are on your shelves and in your Kindle? What kind of shows and stories are highlighted to you? You can find things out about yourself by taking stock of what you want to learn and grow in. Uh, Next question, what areas are you really confident in? Things that you don't feel afraid to be stretched to do. What are you more observant about than others? Sometimes you can see or catch or know things that others around you don't. So pay attention to what's really going on under the circumstances when you're in a situation and you're seeing and catching and knowing things. And maybe other people aren't talking about it or don't seem to notice. What are you noticing? And one last thing, since every strength has a weakness, it also means every weakness has a strength. So where do you find weak areas that you want to work on or maybe you feel convicted about? That can actually help you point to the other side of the coin. Uh, because as humans, we have a negativity bias, meaning our brains often show us what's wrong before letting us see what's right. Looking at what you see as a weakness can give you a clue to the other side of the coin and help you. All you have to do is flip it over and go, wow, what is the strength to that weakness? What's the gifting that's on the other side? Now, I do want to qualify that when your gifts and strengths are overused, when they're used out of the right timing, when they're wrongly used, or used without permission, they become liabilities. So if you're using a gift of strategy inside of your coaching, 
but your client just wants to be heard and validated, your gift isn't getting them the results they want to see. So it's being used without permission or solicitation. If you use your gift of seeing possibilities with a client who wants to just take very clear and concise action towards a short-term term goal, it then it's out of timing. If your gift of taking action is being, over, um, is being overused when someone wants a slower process, it can cause you to be impatient and then you're sabotaging the results. And if you use your gift of compassion and mercy to enable a client's unhealthy behavior, then it's being wrongly used. So here's your homework, and I'm going to put it in the show notes, but I want you to consider these questions. Am I being realistic about who I'm called to be and the gifts God has given me? Am I being prideful about my giftings, which puffs me up? Or am I operating in false humility, which keeps me playing small? What do I do effortlessly? What am I willing to make sacrifices for? What makes me want to learn more and grow in? What am I confident about? What am I more observant about than others? And what are the strengths to my perceived weaknesses? And here's what I want you to do with this info. You just write it all down somewhere on your computer, your notes app, journal, napkin, compile it with the homework from episode number one, because we're going to go somewhere with this. We're looking at how you are called to coach and how you're called to live how you're called to thrive and live an abundant life because you know your purpose and your calling in Christ. Because not only does this work for your own life, but you can implement all of this in your clients' lives. There's just no better way to get results and transformation for someone else than to first experience it yourself and then teach it to them. Because you know what the highest form of learning is? Teaching. Coaching is an experience for you first and foremost. Because flowing in that What flows from that river where God meets you causes you to become impassioned to tell others what he's done. That is the glory of being a Christian life coach. It is knowing the transformation power of walking with God and then sharing it with other people. It's really beautiful. And that is all the meat for today, friends. So thanks for coming to the collective table with me. And I hope that you'll find yourself full, but still hungry for more more of everything that God is setting on the table. And I pray for abundant hope and truth over you and your life. And just to end, I bless you, your calling, and your coaching. And if you've loved any of this content, my favorite form of thanks is a written review over on Apple Podcasts. It'll only take you 30 seconds, and I would so appreciate it. 